what's up y'all welcome back to another episode of young black and opinionated make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening today and you can follow the podcast on instagram and facebook at the ydo podcast on today's episode i just have a little pop culture roundup for you and it's really not good news everybody seems to be beefing everybody seems to be in a bad mood this week so let's get into it Before I jump into the pop culture news, you know I gotta do Put Y'all On. If you're new to the show, Put Y'all On is the segment where I put my listeners onto my favorite thing of the week. Usually it's music or a movie or something that I'm really into, but this week I just wanna put y'all on to retirement. Specifically, the top 10 countries to retire in. And the reason this is on my mind is because at work, I recently, you know, I'm a social media producer. I recently ran a poll on LinkedIn. This poll got almost 13,000 votes. That's how strongly people feel about retirement. I ran a poll and 30% of people say they think they'll be able to retire before 60. 25% of people said between the ages of 60 and 65, they think they'll be able to retire. 41% said after 65. And I honestly have been feeling the same way. I've been feeling the latter Like, I'm not going to be able to retire ever at this point because I don't know, y'all, like the debt, the debt seems higher and we're not getting paid no more. And it's just sad to me that they take out like $400 worth of taxes out of my check and I'm probably never going to see that shit because, you know, people nowadays are living longer and they taking up the social security and we're not going to get any. And that's just facts. And it's so disheartening. And a lot of other people feel the same way. Some people commented on that poll that I ran. They said, um, retirement, question mark, no idea as a freelancer. Someone else said, what's missing here is the question of when do you want to retire? Yeah, it's a difference between when do you think you'll be able to retire and when do you want to retire? Everybody wants to retire early. But I I just don't see that happening for me. Well, let me not say that. Let me speak life. Let me put into the atmosphere from my mouth to God's ears that I'll be able to retire early and I'm going to be a millionaire. But for the average worker, it just doesn't seem realistic. And it's so sad to me. Like, what you expect me to do? Like, keep working for the rest of my life? This shit is ghetto. I remember, like, after college, getting my first real job and I realized, like, there is no more summer break. There is no more winter break. It's just work every day, forever. Like, my mom is a teacher, so she's like, Oh, the summer's ending. I have to go back to work. I'm like, sis, the rest of us have to work every day, 365. Teachers are the only people that get a lengthy amount of time off. And the reason being is because they do not get paid during the summer. So now my mom is in a good financial situation. But years ago, my mom used to struggle during the summer because she did not get a paycheck at all. And that's why our teachers have to work at fucking Marshalls and TJ Maxx over the summer in order to stay afloat. It's sad. So... The reason I'm bringing this up, though, is because I saw an article that said um, in France, the typical worker spends 24 years in retirement. So at least after you retire, you get a good 24 years. It said in America, in the United States, it's only 18 years. And so let me read this. It says out of this list of like how countries compare in retirement, it said the United States ranked 27th. The average age of retirement is 66 years old, which is currently the full retirement age when an individual is entitled to 100% of their social security benefits. First of all, I thought that shit was 65. So that definitely went up. And then let me just read what it said. Uh, The top 10 countries, France is number one, then Spain, Greece, 
Luxembourg, I don't even know where that's at, <laughs> Belgium, Italy, Slovenia, Austria, Australia, and Finland. So it sounds like Europe has figured out how to retire earlier than us. America, I feel like America as a whole, we always come off as like such a developed, innovative country, but I feel like we are very slow on a lot of things. And actually, we are not as woke and as innovative as we think we are. Like, we we can't even get some fucking healthcare. We can't even get free healthcare yet. Like, how come other countries can figure it out and we can't? And then, you know, okay, I'm off the retirement thing. Now I'm just ranting because now I'm talking about COVID. The whole COVID situation, now I got to get a damn booster. How many shots do you want to put in me, man? Just Just eradicate this damn disease. How long does it take? And um, now Pfizer got FDA approval for one of their vaccines. So they're like, oh, maybe this will get people to get vaccinated more. I don't know what it's going to take because the vaccine not even working no more. So what's the point? We got Delta, Gamma, Beta, all these def- different variants. I personally wish that we would shut down again. But I know that America is just too damn greedy to shut the country down again. It's called capitalism. And we, quote, can't afford, unquote to shut down again due to the economy. You think they trying to give out more stimulus checks now that we have a vaccine? No, I doubt it. So, shots, COVID, vaccine, retirement, it all just seems pretty lousy if you're in America. Maybe you should go to France. All right, I'm gonna start the pop culture news with music, specifically Aaliyah. Aaliyah, Aaliyah, Aaliyah. Ugh, can we just take a moment for Aaliyah. What a beautiful soul inside and out. As we all know, Aaliyah died in a fatal plane crash, um, on August 25th, 2001. So this Wednesday, August 25th was the 20th anniversary of her death. She would have been 42 by now. Can you imagine, can you imagine if Aaliyah and, and there've been plenty of social media, um, you know, fights or whatever about, what if Aaliyah was alive today? Beyonce wouldn't be that popular, blah, 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 whatever. The point is she's not here and we can imagine all we want, but she's not here. And so Aaliyah definitely would have been at the top if she still were alive. And um, anywho, her 1996 album, One in a Million, is now available on streaming platforms. Why did it take so long? I'm gonna get into that in a second. But first, I just wanna tell you, like, I was listening back to her music and... I saw uh, R. Kelly writing credit on one of the songs, and I was like, ugh, I forgot that she... I forgot about that whole thing. Like, I can't even enjoy Aaliyah without thinking about R. Kelly. People can't even just write about the damn article, I mean, the damn album, without me seeing a headline talking about R. Kelly. Now that the girl's music is out on streaming platforms, now people are talking about how she married R. Kelly because she may have been pregnant. I don't know. I don't care. Just the fact that R. Kelly has to be tied to her is such a stain on her career because she's just talented. Can we talk about her? Can we talk about the music? Like, why are we talking about this man? And honestly, I haven't been following the case like I should, the R. Kelly trial. So R. Kelly is currently facing federal trial in New York for sexual abuse, racketeering, and bribery. The bribery thing comes from, apparently he bribed a state worker to forge an ID so he can marry a 15-year-old at the age of 27. Just crazy shit. That man is 54 years old now, by the way. Ugh. And um, he also faces separate criminal charges in Illinois and Minnesota. So he he gotta get charged on something. He gotta get, he, he gotta get put in jail on something. 
between New York, Illinois, and Minnesota, if this man don't go to jail, then the, the system is definitely, definitely rigged. I mean, we know that the system is rigged, but I just really hope these women get justice because it's so, so many women over so many decades. But look how Bill Cosby just recently got out. So I really, really hope that R. Kelly pays for what he did. And he's relatively young at 54, so he could serve a good 20 or something years. I mean, we want life, but you know how life is. Life nowadays is really like 20 years. So if he could just get a little time, I would be happy because I really want him to serve. But this is not about R. Kelly. This is about Aaliyah. And so once I got over the R. Kelly shit, I was like, ugh, R. Kelly. I just enjoyed the music for what it was. And I'm just wondering why did it take so damn long? Why did it take 20 years? Were they waiting for the 20th anniversary as a marketing thing? I don't think so. But it is no coincidence. You know what I'm saying? So I looked around, I dug a little bit, and, um, you know, I'll just read you what I found. Aaliyah's uncle, music producer Barry Hankerson, and her estate, controlled by her mother Diane Houghton and brother Rashad Houghton, have been at odds for years. So number one, the family is not even on the same page. The uncle, I feel like what the mother and brother wants trumps what the uncle wants, but apparently not in this case because the uncle went ahead and did it. Um, the estate released a statement that said, protecting the singer's legacy is and will always be our focus. So you didn't put out her music because you were trying to protect her legacy? That seems backwards to me. I feel like if you put out her music, it's only going to garner more fans. Why not allow the younger generation to finally get to know Aaliyah, to finally get to enjoy her music? You know what I'm saying? Like, she can just have a whole new wave of fans. How is that not protecting her legacy? I just, I don't know. But at the same time, like, as fans, we do expect a lot from artists. And actually, I was having this conversation recently about how often do you expect your favorite artist to put out an album? Because I think Ari Lennox tweeted that. Ari Lennox was like, y'all want an album every two years, every year. You don't care how long it takes. I mean, look at Frank Ocean. Blonde dropped like five years ago. And don't even get me started on Rihanna. For me, I feel like if an artist put out an album every year, the quality of work is going to go down. You're busting out these albums that fast. Either you're super talented or you're not putting a lot of work into it. And so when artists like Drake, Drake's take taking on, going on what now, three years since Scorpion? Well, I mean, he gave us a little project here and there, so never mind. He, he gave us something last year, I think. But one artist that comes to mind is J. Cole. J. Cole consistently puts out an album every two years. And that's fine for me. He's a uh, he's an amazing artist, and that works for me. Every two years is good. If J. Cole gave me a project every six months, I will be questioning the quality of it. And so my point with Aaliyah is, like, it took you 20 years to put out an album from 1996. Like, I just don't understand why. And the, the fans are hungry for it. Oh, I, I remember what I was trying to say. The point I was trying to make with that was, like, as the fans, we do ask a lot of artists. Like, give us the music now. We want the music. Give us the music. Maybe her family just wanted to hold on to that and pres preserve her memory. Not so much her legacy, but like her memory. Maybe they didn't want to share their daughter and sister with the world. And that's understandable. But at the same time, I just feel like the best way to remember an artist is to put out that body of work and to allow the new generation to enjoy it and older generations as well. But, you know, I did hear some, okay, so let me read you this. According to Billboard, 
Hankerson, her uncle, has made a distribution deal to release the entire catalog of Black Ground Records. That includes music from Timbaland and Tony Braxton. So maybe this man really was just waiting for the right moment to kickstart Black Ground Records once again. And that would be very shady to me. That would be very self-serving to me. You're using your niece's music 20 years later to finally get your record label hot again. And you know what I'll say? This article said something about how in the early 2000s and 2010s, streaming was not as lucrative as it is now. So keeping that in mind, why would he put out this album in 2005? Because it probably would not have been. Did we have streaming services in 2005? Okay, I don't know. I take it back. You know, when Spotify was hot, what was that? Like 2010, when Spotify first came out. Imagine if he gave this to Spotify in 2010. He probably wouldn't have made as much money. So it's probably a combination of things. It's probably a marketing plot. It's probably the money. Nevertheless, the album is here, and I really do hope that everybody gets to enjoy it. But I just don't want to see any more headlines about R. Kelly and Aaliyah. Like, the girl is dead. She has been dead for 20 years. Please, let us enjoy the music without slandering her name and, and putting these damn headlines. Ugh, it's just so annoying. And now, talking about music, and we got we to gotta beef this week. Lord, I don't even feel like talking about this stuff sometimes. I feel like I'm losing brain cells when I talk about this stuff sometimes. But it is interesting nonetheless because there's always a lesson to be learned from this shit. And this is what I want to say about Drake and Kanye. First of all, rewind, er, rewind, because y'all know like three episodes ago, I was like trying to give Kanye a chance. I'm like, oh yeah, Donda is dropping. I'm here for it. You know, where's the album, Kanye? You played us. No, really, we played ourselves. I played myself by ever believing that Kanye could change. And the reason I say that is because Kanye posted Drake's Toronto, Ontario property on Instagram. Like this nigga really posted a map of Drake's house on Instagram. Do you know how damaging that is? Do you know how dangerous that is? To put a celebrity's address on Instagram, you're really, you're really choosing violence, Kanye. And he, he gonna delete it, but it doesn't matter. The damage is done. Like, you're really choosing violence. That's unacceptable. I don't know what kind of... I don't even know... I don't even remember when this beef started. I thought it was over, but I guess it's been reignited. And so Drake, he just responded to this by posting a video of him laughing while taking a joyride on his Instagram story. In true Drake form. Drake does not give a shit. And all of this reignited beef is because Drake dissed Kanye on a track titled Betrayal on Trippy Red's new album, Trip at Night. Which, by the way, first of all, having a Drake feature, especially one that is stirring the pot with Kanye, that's definitely going to shoot this album up to the top. But before all this, I really enjoy Trippy Red's album. Th Trippy Red is one of those little, you, little young new niggas that he's a little wacky with the face tattoos and the red dreadlocks and the grills and he looks like he's always on drugs and there's a lot of them these days but trippy red is one of the dudes i can actually tolerate and i actually listen to his music and i like a couple songs here and there and so i enjoyed the trip at night album and i just don't understand how this is a beef i don't i don't understand how this lyric that drake said on this song could be a beef and let me read you what it says. 
Yay ain't changing shit for me. It's set in stone. That's it. That's the lyric. That's the line. That's what's got y'all mad. That's what y'all, y'all be connecting dots that's not there. Y'all be trying to put together puzzle pieces that aren't really there. And I just don't understand how that could have started the beef. But it is Kanye, so any little thing probably could tick him off. But I listened to the whole song. I read the lyrics, and I was like, that's it? Yes, the song is called Betrayal, but there's a lot of people who have betrayed Drake. There's a lot of people who have pissed off Drake. So, and what I think he means by this lyric Yay ain't changing shit for me. It's set in stone. I think he might be talking about his album release because we all know Drake promised us certified lover boy in what? January 2021. It is now August. We still have not seen that album. We have not heard that album. Drake keeps giving us little songs here and there, but we are looking for the album, sweetheart. And then some people said, Oh, maybe Kanye keeps pushing back Donda because he's trying to compete with Drake. Maybe they're both going to drop on the same date. And people, again, connecting dots that aren't there, stirring the pot. And by this lyric, I think Drake is saying, like, I'm not waiting on Kanye. My album is already set in stone. That's how I read it. But apparently some people are thinking that it's beef. So whatever. Look, that's why I say I don't care about this shit sometimes because I'm so over Kanye. Like, he really played the shit out of me. I made a whole podcast episode about this nigga and he played the shit out of me. So I'm not looking for Donda anymore. And um, that's all I got to say about that. Now let's move on to another album that I'm feeling. Um, Wait, never mind. I, I, I said another album I'm feeling. I was, I was referencing One in a Million, not Drake and Kanye. I am definitely feeling... Cheers to the Best Memories by Division and Ty Dolla Sign. This is a collab album that I didn't know I needed. I didn't know I wanted it, but it is here now, and I'm so, so happy. Uh, my favorite song off this album has to be Fight Club. I think it samples juvenile slow motion. I'm a sucker for samples. I love a good, you know, 90s, 2000s sample, and that just goes to show the music back then was better, and I should probably just listen to that music. But I love when people take a sample and they do it right and they do it justice and Fight Club, my ear is telling me that's slow motion by Juvenile, but y'all take a listen and let me know what you think. But yeah, this album, did I ever tell y'all about my whole Division epiphany? I didn't know that Division was two people. I didn't know that Division was a duo. <laughs> I think I learned that in 2020. I think I learned that last year. Oh my God, that is so embarrassing. Well, it's the same thing. Like I was actually introduced to Sid before I was introduced to the internet. I didn't know that Sid was part of a larger collaborative called the internet. So yeah, I definitely need to brush up on my music pop culture trivia. But hey, we're here now. And, and somebody probably listened to this podcast probably didn't even know The Division is a duo. So I just taught you something, okay? But that album is just such good R&B vibes. Like that's what I need. I feel like the R&B genre has definitely been giving... Just giving, just giving a lot more than hip hop has been given for me this year. Don't get me wrong, we got a lot of good hip hop this year, but nothing really wowed me besides off season. You know I'm a J. Cole fan. And I don't know if I told y'all, but I'm going to see J. Cole in September, so you know I gotta talk about that on the podcast. Woo, my first post-COVID concert. Well, it's not even post-COVID, it's still COVID. I hope the concert don't get canceled. And I'm gonna be wearing a damn mask the whole concert, ugh. But anyways, 
R and B. I'm just here for the R and B. The R and B is definitely giving me more. I think I saw Lucky Day has a song coming out with Earth, Wind, and Fire too. That's gonna be hot. I gotta uh find out the. Let me find out the date for y'all real quick. Uh oh, is it already out? Yep, it's already out. So make sure y'all go check that out. Um, Lucky Day is a, another R and B artist where I'm just really happy at their growth and. I don't know. I just feel like the R&B genre really has a shot, you know? And so that's what's making me happy this week, at least. At least there's a good note to share. But let me move on to something dumb as fuck, okay? Why the fuck are y'all walking up pyramids of milk crates? <laughs> what is this milk crate challenge? I don't like watching videos of people falling or hitting stuff like I could never really watch America's Funniest Home videos because it always ended up with somebody getting injured and I'm I'm such an empathetic person that I feel pain when other people are in pain so like if if I see a video of somebody falling and hitting their head like I, I can just feel it in my head you know what I'm saying so to watch these milk crate videos is making me cringe if you haven't seen this or you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about basically the latest thing to keep bored people entertained in the hood is getting milk crates, the plastic milk crates with the holes in them, stacking them up like a pyramid and walking up the crates like stairs. I have seen people do this challenge and who calls it? Why is it called a challenge? Who challenged you to do this? Nobody challenged you to do this. You challenged yourself to do this. I really feel like it's who could be the biggest idiot. Like, those shits are not sturdy. You know they're not sturdy. Why are you even trying? And why are y'all not doing it with the proper shoes? I saw a woman walk up those crates with those little clear heels that look like shot glasses. Bitch, the fuck are you doing? This is not for you. Leave this to the hood, niggas. Leave this to the dummies. I mean, she did make it up the crates, though. I don't know how. But I seen a man walk up the crates rolling a blunt. I seen a man walking up eating a plate of food. Y'all go ahead and do that if you want to. If you want to get injured, be my guest because I'm not, I, it's not for me, sweetie. So that's what I've been seeing on social media this week. And now I just saw something else that's got people tight. Jay-Z and Beyonce. Whew. They think that they really doing something for the culture. And then somehow, some way, people find a way to hate on it. So Jay-Z and Beyonce um, are part of this new Tiffany, Tiffany & Co. Uh, advertisement for their love collection. Hold on, let me find out. Let me let me get the real the real headline for you so I can read it to you. And of course, I can't find it now. See, this is why I got to have my shit in order. Give me one second, y'all. Here we go. Okay. I'm going to just read you from BuzzFeed. Here's why Beyoncé and Jay-Z are being criticized for the use of a never before seen Basquiat painting in a Tiffany's ad. So, Beyonce and Jay-Z are the faces of the new Tiffany & Co. About Love campaign, launching on September 2nd, 2002. 2000, 2000, what year is it? I wish it was 2002. 2021. <laughs> in the campaign, the couple is featured in front of a never-before-seen painting from Jean-Michel Basquiat's private collection called Equals Pie. And so, they were basically saying the, the painting has been reimagined in signature Tiffany blue. So, first of all, Y'all kind of changed Basquiat's painting to fit Tiffany's marketing. That's not cool. And it was reportedly bought by Tiffany's from a private seller. It marks the first public appearance for the painting. And so according to the press release, it was included because art serves as a common thread throughout the Carter's love story. Jay-Z has always been about his love of Basquiat 
And he even references the artist in multiple songs and owns a $4.5 million Basquiat original. Okay, so there's a lot of critics about this. One person said, uh, underscore, underscore, Luke C on Twitter says, insane to me that rich people can just buy art from artists who have passed and no one else gets to see it. Kind of gross in my opinion. Like these pieces should be able to see be seen by everyone. That's literally what Basquiat would have wanted. A lot of people agree this has over 2,000 likes. Someone else said uh, they've been hiding a Basquiat for decades just to use it for a Tiffany's ad. And somebody else said Jay-Z cosplaying as Basquiat is hilarious to me. Yeah, Jay-Z has been doing the Basquiat hairstyle. Um, and then somebody else said the fact that they showed off this never before seen piece of art from Jean-Michel Basquiat for an advertisement doesn't sit well with my spirits. Look, again, this is why I said at the beginning of the episode, people just are mad this week. Everybody wants something to be mad at. I get it. I do. I, I see both sides. Number one, I want to say, why the fuck are y'all mad at celebrities for posing in an advertisement with some never-before-seen art? That's what, that's what celebrities do. It's exclusive. Everything is exclusive. Do you know how expensive Tiffany's is? It's exclusive. It's not for you. <laughs> Tiffany's is not for you. And this Basquiat art is not for you. And I, on the other hand, as an artist, I understand. This is exactly what I was trying to say earlier with the Aaliyah thing. Why not put out exclusive unreleased art for everybody to see and enjoy? Capitalism. That's the answer. The answer is capitalism. If you could capitalize off that shit, why would they give it to us for free? And so I'm happy that Jay-Z and Beyonce are included in an advertisement that you know boost a black artist however at the end of the day it's just going to the white man's pockets tiffany and co you know what i'm saying so i get why people are mad about it but there's bigger fish to fry you got to worry about something else and what did lizzo say in that song is bigger things to worry about out there sweetie or whatever she said in rumors which by the way um i didn't get to talk about that on the podcast but there is a ybo youtube video up on the channel about my reaction to that song so please go take a look. There's a lot of things I've been missing lately. And you know, I didn't want to share this, but I had a death in the family, a, a very close personal friend of the family. And that's why I've been, you know, a little, I'm not going to say all over the place with the podcast because best believe I hold this shit down. I put out an episode every week. I might miss a week here and there, but I really be holding this shit down. So I apologize that I have not been as consistent but look at me right now. I have a funeral this week and I'm still recording this episode. So keep that in mind. All right. Why did I bring that up? Oh yeah, because I also wanted to talk about how I saw the Aretha Franklin movie with Jennifer Hudson, Respect. That movie was great. That movie was good. I didn't get to talk about it on the podcast, but long story short, the movie was good, but it was too damn long. That movie was two and a half hours. I was falling asleep in the theater. And it wasn't because I wasn't falling asleep because it was boring. I was just falling asleep because I was tired. That was a long movie. But, you know, I think they just wanted Jennifer to be able to really sing full-length songs. And that's the problem. Normally in a movie, you know how there's a musical number and they kind of just, like, cut part of it? No. They was letting her sing full three-minute songs. So that's my little um, review of Respect. But anywho, Jay-Z and Beyonce... What can we say? What can we do? They don't give a shit about our opinion. They're billionaires. So, <laughs> but I'm, I don't know. I do feel some type of way about just using exclusive artwork in an advertisement. I feel like this should be in a museum or something. I don't know. 
And now, finally, I'm going to end with what to watch. What should you be watching this week? Um, speaking of black love with Jay-Z and Beyonce, uh, Really Love is a new black movie, a new black romance movie coming to Netflix on August 25th. Um, so this re- this episode is coming out on August 26th. So this movie is already out by the time you listen to this. This movie stars Kofi with his little cute self. So let me just read you the synopsis real quick. Set in Washington, D.C., Isaiah, a black painter, uh, played by Kofi, is on the brink of giving up when he meets Stevie, an intriguing beauty with big brains. Isaiah's creativity flows with Stevie in his life. They fall in love, but his work remains overlooked, bruising his ego. When Isaiah convinces a gallerist to take a chance on him, he pours himself into his art, which catapults his career, but doesn't leave much room for love. Frustrated, Stevie accepts a dream job in Chicago, breaking Isaiah's heart. A year passes without communication until Isaiah sees Stevie at his group show in Chicago. Though Isaiah's life seems to have improved, it isn't what he imagined without her. So this is going to be dropping on August 25th, or it already did, as I said, uh, at the time of this, this episode release. And this also has appearances from the Touring Naughton, Uzo Aduba, Michael Ely, Mac Wilds, just to name a few. I'm excited for this. This is the same feeling that I had earlier in the year with Malcolm and Marie. We don't get a lot of black love movies. Well, let me not say Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and Marie is a bad example because that shit was toxic. Let's say Photograph. Issa Rae, Photograph. That movie may have been a little corny, but overall I loved it because I just want to see some black people in love and happy. Like, why does it have to be so difficult? I mean, this movie sounds like there will be some difficulties, but overall it just sounds like he's an artist and she's a career woman and they're trying to make it work in Washington and Chicago. And that's real life. We don't, we don't always want to hear a fucking struggle story about slavery or, uh, I don't know, police brutality. Like just give us a little love, love movie. That's all we want. Okay. So check that out. It's called really love on Netflix. All right, y'all, that'll do it for this episode of Young Black and Opinionated, episode 144. Wow. You know what? I want to say this now. I think that I'm going to start making YBO a bi-weekly podcast. Because as I just told you, I have a lot going on in my life. And for three years, I've given y'all an episode every week. Okay, not every week. I've taken breaks here or there. But this podcast has been a weekly podcast. And I just don't know if that's sustainable for me right now. So I'll probably make an announcement on social media that we will be, become a bi-weekly podcast, all right? So in the meantime, make sure you are following YBO for updates on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. You can follow me, Miss Chris D, M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a new episode. Bye.